This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Hello and welcome to the Betting Weekly Extra Time Liga show brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. Steve Wiss and James Easton with me, Rob Daly. And it is the final show of the season, previewing round 38 in France's top flight. Uh, we're going to look at how we've done over the course of the season, surely. But first of all, a quick recap. How do we get on on the penultimate weekend? James, starting with you. Yes, we did well last weekend, Rob. We made a profit um, on the games last week. We talked in great detail about the impact of motivation at this time of the season, and that certainly played out in a couple of the games last weekend. So I think Steve's got all the figures, but I think that's added to the profit for the season because it certainly turned out well on match day 37 for us. It was a, it was a good round for us. I think there was only one full loser the only loser I had was, surprise, surprise, in the Clermont game on Gregion Kier. Anytime scorer, he couldn't deliver for me. But overall, the show is in profit, plus 32.82 units with an ROI of 11.83%. And that now does include the outrights that have been um, given across the course of the season. There still could be a miraculous Jonathan Klaus five assists against a Jatsio, you <laughs> never know. You never know. But I think realistically, we've just had to write that one off as a loser, unfortunately, James. But a very good uh, season. Um, and, you know, this is now the final hurdle, isn't it? I'm, I'm a bit sad, really. It's been a brilliant year doing it with you two gentlemen. So let's finish with a bang. Are you happy with the numbers, uh, Steve? 11.83% uh, ROI, including the ROI? Yeah, stuff. definitely, because... At the end of the day, you, you just—I think at the start of the season, the, you know, the Bet Rivers projects were were still very much in their infancy, and I think there's been a lot of ex sort of experimentation going around. We've done really well as a show. Um, it's just worked right from the off as a trio. Really, it's worked. You've been a great presenter. You seem to get the, the best out of us in terms of not just like results and stuff, but uh, you know the way that the the shows flow and everything like that. I think there's a really good chemistry here. Uh, but in terms of the, the raw numbers, yeah, very, very good. I mean, anything over 10% ROI is exceptional, to be honest. Um, you'd take anything over 4%, really. So yeah. we can't moan. Yeah. I was going to say as well, it's one thing to get over 10% ROI over a handful of matches, six games or eight games or something like that. You might have a purple patch. You might have a good run of games. But to do it over a season is obviously much harder because you're talking about... 250, 300 picks, something like that that we've put forward. And we've still maintained um, a high 
ROI. And we've been there actually since the start of the season. I think we began with profit pretty much from match day one. So as a running total, it's been in profit all the way along. So yeah, certainly the figures are very, very good. Okay, uh, it has been very good, boys. And we'll get to some of the um, more detailed numbers because Steve's been crunching them uh, towards the end of the show. To look back on the season, what's been a brilliant season in France. A lot has been essentially decided. PSG are the champions once again. Lens straight into the Champions League group stage. A massive talking point on this show over the course of the season. Marseille going to the qualifiers. Three of the four relegated teams are down, but we're going to talk about the relegation fight and we're going to talk about the race for Europe because it takes us to our first game and we're only focusing on three games in a mad parlay from Steve uh, on today's show Brest Wren and um, James you've got um, a greater dog in the fight here really with with your picks yes so I've got two player picks here on this match uh, Rob which is Brest against Wren just to set the game up Brest don't have anything to play for they were in the relegation battle. They got themselves safe with a couple of games to go. Wren are going for a place in Europe. They're currently in the European positions, thanks to their 2-0 win over Monaco last weekend. So if Wren win, then they're in the European places for next season. So I'm expecting a pretty open and attacking game here because Wren are going to go for it away from home. To try to get that win. And I think when we come on to Steve, I think he's got a goal scoring, a, a goals pick, should I say, on this game. But instead, I've gone for a couple of players here, Rob, to manage uh, shots on target in the match. This okay. is a market that Bet Rivers have done all season. And it's been great because it's not a market you find with many of the bookmakers out there. So got two players here to back to have plus 0.5 shots on target. So all you're looking for is a single shot on target from the players in question, and you make a profit. The first one is for Wren. This is Jeremy Doku. Now, I backed this earlier this month, Rob, against uh, Nice, when Jeremy Doku was yeah. plus 188 in that game to have a shot on target, which paid out for us. And he's still, in my opinion, too big here to have a shot on target. So Jeremy Doku is available in this game against Brest to have a shot on target at plus 118. Now, to put that into some sort of context, the market says that there are nine players taking part in this game that are more likely than Jeremy Doku to have a shot on target. And that includes six Wren players. And I think if you've watched Wren play recently, and if you've watched Doku play recently, that is just not justified. Because Jeremy Doku goes into this game on the back of seven consecutive starts, which is... The longest run of consecutive starts he's had all season. He's had a lot of injury problems. And in those seven starts, he scored five goals. And in four of the games, he's managed a shot on target. Mm. So what you've got here in Jeremy Doku is you've got a player who is finally injury-free and finally able to show people what he can do. He's been playing on the right-hand side, on the right wing, in the 4-3-3 that Wren have been using uh, a lot recently. He's very quick on the break, and that's going to be a threat here, I think, if Brest get excited and go for the win with nothing to play for at home on the final day. But more importantly, Doku is in form. Those stats about his goals and about his shots on target are really, really strong. So he's going to be a big weapon here for Wren in a game that they need to win in order to get that place in Europe. And yeah, looking at the market, there are plenty of players who are uh, predicted to have a better chance of a shot on target. I just don't buy it. I think some of them are justified. You've got Amin Guiri, 
who's one of the main goal scorers at Ren, who's a shorter price to have a shot on target. That makes sense. But you've also got a couple of players who are shorter prices to have a shot on target, which doesn't make sense. So I think the price here, odds against, plus 118 on Doku, just to have a shot on target, remember. You don't need it to go in. You just need one shot on target in the game. I think that's a great price. So the stats, I feel, are in your favour to back Jeremy Doku to have a shot on target in this game. And in the same match, Rob, I've picked out another player who I think is worth backing in the same market. So this is Frank Honorat of Brest to have over 0.5 shots on target. He's available at plus 108, which is a slightly shorter price. But he's another good player, and he's another player who I think for slightly different reasons might be motivated here. So Frank Honorat has played for Brest for three seasons. He's one of those players who maybe goes under the radar a bit as regards being a big name in the league, but he's been a very, very important player for Brest. And he is a decent finisher. So in his three seasons at Brest, Frank Honorat has got 25 goals from that wide position. It's not a bad return, actually. 25 goals from the wing for a Brest side who's essentially been a bottom half side during his time there. But specifically the reason I think he'll be pumped up this weekend is we think this is going to be Frank Honorat's last game at Brest. Now, he is under contract until 2026, but we understand there is an agreement from Brest that if they get a good offer for him, he will be allowed to leave this summer. He's probably the player that would bring in the highest transfer fee at Brest, partly because of the length of that contract, but also because he is a very good player and could do well, I think, at a better team in France or maybe abroad. So I think they'll pick Frank Honorat for this game. It would be a last game for a very good player, a very committed player from Brest at home. And I think Honorat, being the type of player he is, will be really keen if he does get picked, which he should, to put on a bit of a show. So if it is to be his final game for Brest, I would expect him to be fully pumped up, even if there isn't anything at stake for Brest in this match. So that was my thinking on Frank Honorat, Rob. He's my second pick in this market. And the price on Honorat to have over 0.5 shots on target is plus 108. Yeah, you've been nailing those uh, shot on target uh, markets uh, all season, really, James, haven't you? And uh, two of your favourite players, actually. Yes. Um, yeah, I said I could see where your angle's coming from there. From my perspective, I'm hoping that Frank Honorat's shot on target is as tame as a teddy bear and very, very savable because my, <laughs> my pick is going to be Ren on the Asian handicap, minus one at plus 102. And they just need to win the game and they will be in Europe next season, whatever. It could be, it could be the, it's probably going to be the Conference League. Um, but it could be potentially Europa League if Lille did slip up, which I couldn't see. There's still a chance that um, Toulouse might not be allowed in Europe, of course. So, um, but either way, if they win, they're in Europe. And they've this actually could be quite a good day for Ren. You know, they've had a sort of a mixed season, but they could see themselves qualify for Europe, and they could see their bitter rivals not go down. That would be a very sweet day for Ren supporters. Um, I think they'll get the job done. Two reasons, motivation, and I just think they're the better team. And I suppose you could also throw in a fact that they are in very good form, although someone could come back at me and say that Brest are also in good nick. Uh, they finished the season brilliantly, just one loss in 10 games. Um, but it's all done now for them. They've not really got anything to play for. They're either going to finish 13th or 14th. Yes, a home match against a Brittany rival or a fellow Brittany club 
uh, it might be something that gets them a little bit, you know, up for it slightly more. But um, in my experience, these these last game of the season, the team that really wants it an awful lot more usually delivers. Ren have have looked good the last three games: four nil win against Troyes, five nil against Ajaccio, and then what you call a clutch victory: two nil against Monaco. That could be the result that gets them into Europe. So they're playing really well. They're scoring plenty of goals defensively, actually looking a bit more secure for once, probably because they're just dominating games so much. They're not really giving the opposition much of a sniff. So minus one Asian handicap, even if they only win by one goal, I'm not going to lose anything here. But I, I think, Ren, something like uh, 2-0 is very much on the cards or even 3-1 uh, along those sort of lines. But I'd be really surprised if they don't finish with a win, uh, unless, literally, the other results in the other games... Lille and Monaco are clearly losing, which I just don't see happening. So minus one Asian handicap on Ren, plus 102. Uh, the club, uh, well, Bruno Genesio himself confirming that he will be staying on as head coach uh, next season. There was talk he was going to depart the club, have rubbished it, and now he has to remember this is a season, Ren, on the brink of European qualification. They've played much of it without Martin Terrier, who scored so many yes. goals uh, last season after that crucial ligament injury. Lots of goals brings us on to our next part of the show because this is Steve's parlay. I think this is your most fun parlay of the season. We haven't really had something like this before. Four players all at the top of the goal scoring charts. You think they're going to get on the score? Well, it's a nice price, but um, a bit of fun here with a half unit, Steve. I, I thought you might like this one, Rob. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I talk about sort of teams being on the beach. Well, maybe this is me being on the beach a bit. Last game of the season. You're on the last, beach. Last round of the season, and yeah, you know, I wouldn't. This is not the sort of play I would have mid midway through the campaign. It's a it's a definitely a final game of the season, final round of the season uh, parlay involving four goal scorers, and the price is at plus. I think plus six eighty is yeah. uh, is what I've got. I'm yeah. just checking. Yeah, plus six eighty. So I need four oh. players to score for me. So we, technically, we're talking about four games here, and I don't think we've got any other picks in these games. But let's just run through it. Nice against Leon. Alexandra Lacazette to score any time. PSG against Clermont. Kylian Mbappe to score any time. Trois against Lille. Jonathan David to score any time. And uh, Reims against Montpellier. Florian Balogun, any time scorer. Add those together. Plus 680. Now, let's just talk about the golden boot race. Um, first of all, there's just one goal in it uh, at the moment. And... Um, it's between Lacazette and Mbappe. So I think both of those two players are going to be highly motivated to, to score goals here. I mean, Lacazette's been in amazing form of late. Mbappe has actually been a little bit more quiet, but um, we know what he's, he's like. He's just won Player of the Year award again. He'll certainly want to win the top goal scorer award. Going to Trois-Lille, I mean, I really wanted to get involved heavily in Twilio, but the bookmakers, the Brett Rivers are giving nothing away here. The Asian line is like minus two, minus 2.25. And Twilio just need to win. Um, I would actually prefer it if Twilio, if Lille had nothing to play for. I think they would give them a good old rogering, really. Um, but it, they just need to win. Uh, and I think if they do win, Jonathan David should should cash in against this terrible defence. And the final one, Balogun, I, I think... The reason I fancy him to be motivated against Mon Montpellier here is um, because I think he wants to put himself in the shop window a bit, remind people how good a year he's had. You know, he's he's set to go back on loan. You know, sorry, back sorry back from his loan at Arsenal. Whether or not he stays at Arsenal, let's see. He might be eyeing up a decent move somewhere else in Europe. And you know, there's no Premier League football on. 
um, this weekend. So I think he this he might well get a bit of an attention. Um, you know, just say he finished with a hat trick. Everyone's talking about him again. He might uh, might put a few more quid on his um, transfer fee as well. So I think you're basically looking at two, two, three very very motivated players to score for the sort of personal reasons, and then Jonathan David who is facing one of the worst defenses that Ligon's ever seen. So plus six eighty. I mean, I just hope no, it's one of those. I, I kind of usually one of one of these sort of players will let you down in this sort of leg. But um, there's good reasons that all four may score plus six eighty. It's worth half a unit, and um, I'll give it a go on the last round. Yeah, and one of the things about those players, I think, looking at them, uh, three, I would say, out of uh, well. Three, I think, would be taking penalties, Steve. So Jonathan David on penalties and yeah, and very Mbappe. good point. Mbappe. So you've got that extra uh, factor. All four in. should be actually. I think, think all maybe four will all be. four. Mm. Yeah, and you know, so if you get a penalty, obviously it's a, it's a it's a free shot on goal. One thing about the Golden Boot race, Steve's mentioned there, it is a two horse race between Mbappe and Lacazette, but I can't recall a season where we've had half a dozen players in League One with twenty goals. We've got six players here. Yeah, with 20 goals. So we've got Mbappe, Lacazette, Jonathan David, then also Lois Appender, Balogun and Habib Diallo at Strasbourg. It's been absolutely phenomenal this season for standout goal scorers. We've also got 11 players who've got 15 goals or more. So that's, I think that puts it top of certainly the big five leagues in Europe as regards individual finishers. It's been a fantastic season. My fear is we might lose one or two of these players for next season. Steve's obviously mentioned Balogun's loan at Rance comes to an end now, waiting to see what happens with him. We think Jonathan David will be leaving Lille as well if they get the sort of offer they've had in the past for big name players like Nicolas Pepe and people like that that Lille have sold. So it's a bit of a finale, really, for all of us uh, with some of these players. It'll be great to uh, see Mbappe stay next year, which he says he's going to. He announced that when he won the Player of the Year award uh, last weekend. But for a couple of the, the other players that Steve's mentioned, there, it could be our final chance to see them uh, playing in League One this weekend. A quick technical uh, question, Steve. If if any of these players don't play, and we had something similar with the Payet uh, shot on target, uh, pick yeah. from you, James, before. What happens to the parlay? Oh, well, yeah. So if one of these players doesn't start the game, yeah, then that leg will be void. So it would then... The well, then we're just... working, then we're, yeah, we're working out then much more detailed calculations, um, which we don't really want to happen. But um, <laughs> it, it basically would become a treble or potentially a double or even potentially a single. Fine. On, I mean, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, just, you're just, okay. Yeah, yeah if, if yeah. someone doesn't start the game, that that will just simply be void. Um, and will Messi play? Is is people talking about Messi's? I mean, his final game is not obviously for PSG. They're at home to Clermont. Yeah, it's a good question. Really? It's a good question, Rob. Well, when he got that suspension for for the trip to Saudi Arabia, there was talk at the time that PSG might try to avoid having him play at the Parc des Princes again in Ooh. order to avoid potentially uh, neg- yeah, negative yeah. reaction. They were away last yeah. weekend, obviously, so it wasn't it wasn't an issue when they played at Strasbourg. And he did miss the Player of the Year award uh, last weekend because he was in Barcelona watching Coldplay, I think, in concert. And he, he was up for that <laughs> award, even on the five-man shortlist. So obviously, Mbappe won it, which was no surprise. And Mbappe was there to get the award. But uh, Messi, like Neymar, both conspicuous by their absence. So uh, whether that increases the chances of a negative reaction if he plays this weekend, I don't know. But yeah, it's 
There's no no suggestion at the moment as we're recording this that he won't play, but we'll just have to wait and see. Came off the back of the World Cup with a, his own Paris Saint-Germain NFT for winning the World Cup or something like that and being booed in his own stadium in the past uh, couple of months. Leo Messi, uh, he will bow out from France uh, this weekend. We'll see if he plays or not. Two more games to, uh, to get to. We're moving on nicely here, boys. Nantes versus Angers. Uh, both of you interested in this. And... Um, James, you get us up and running here. Big game down at the bottom, really. Yeah, it's a huge game. So, Nantes versus Angers. My pick here uh, is on Nantes to win on the Asian handicap. So, it's Nantes with a minus 1.5 goal start on the Asian handicap, which is available at minus 120. So, you need Nantes to win this game by two goals or more in order to make a profit. This game is all about motivation. I mean, we've talked a lot about the importance of motivation at this time of the season. This is one of the clearest examples you could have of the importance of motivation. So you've got a Nantes team who are in the relegation zone and two points from safety, staring at a relegation that would be absolutely calamitous in many different ways for the club. So it's very clear what they need. They need a win and then they have to hope that Auxerre drop points in their final game against Lance. I'm expecting a huge performance here from Nantes with full motivation all over the pitch, even though they haven't played well recently. And they couldn't really hope for easier opponents this weekend than Angers, who are number one, already relegated. And number two, that secondary reason that they had to be motivated, which we have flagged up a few times over the last couple of months, which was to ensure they ended the season without finishing with the worst ever points tally in League One. Well, Angers have managed that by winning against Troyes last weekend, which means that Angers now have 18 points. They've avoided having the worst ever points tally in League One, which was 17. So there's absolutely nothing at stake here for Angers. I can imagine some of the players have already switched off, thinking about their personal futures after relegation and after last weekend's win over Troyes. We know there are problems off the pitch at Angers as well. We might see a little bit of rotation. So it's very, very difficult. It's almost impossible to see a reason why Angers would put up any meaningful resistance here against Nantes. And, you know, Nantes, in a way, shouldn't really be where they are in the table if you look at the quality of their team. They've had issues with the uh, number of fixtures they've played. They were in Europe during the first half of the season. They've gone on a run all the way to the French Cup final, which they've lost. So it's quite a small squad at Nantes and it has been stretched and they've just sort of run out of energy before the end of the season. But in terms of pure quality, they are a much better team, really, than Angers in many ways. And you'd think for this game where they're playing for their survival in League One, there should be enough quality to go with that motivation to win the game. So... It's impossible to see any other outcome here than a Nantes win. As you'd expect, they're a very short price to just win the game, given this difference in motivation between the two sides. But I'm happy to back them on the Asian handicap because, as I say, you just need them to go on and win by a couple of goals to win the match. And against an Angers side who are very much on the beach this weekend, I think Nantes' chances of winning by a couple of goals are pretty good. So I'm happy to back Nantes on the Asian handicap here, and that price again is minus 120. Yeah, I've got a pick on the game as well. I'm going on the team total market. Nantes to score over two and a half goals plus 112. If we look at the situation here, this is the relegation battle. 
Nantes, really, I mean, they're two points behind Orzair. There's nothing they can do. If Orzair beat Lons, they're down. Um, what they can do is put a lot of pressure on Orzair by, say, getting into a very early lead by two or three goals. And then Orzair, who deep down would love to play for a point, if they could, they'd love to play for a nil-nil, force Orzair then to win. So I think Nantes are going to be completely firing, firing on all cylinders here against a very poor Angers, who I just don't think they'll care. And also, cynically, Angers would actually probably be in their best interest if Nantes stayed up and Orzair went down with them, because next year, if Nantes went down, I think they could well, cruise league, really, or be one of the strong contenders. Um, that's just my way of thinking anyway. They're probably not thinking about that. They're probably just thinking about getting on their summer holidays and, and what, what club they're going to play for next year. But Nantes fundamentally just should cruise it. All I need is three goals from them. It's only happened three times this season. So the stats are not in my favour there, but you've got to look at each game individually. Okay, let's move on to the final pick of the show. And this is a Steve Wiss. Uh, I think you've got one and a half units on Lorient versus Montpellier. Mid-table mediocrity. So what have you found here? I, I think the odds are just the wrong way round here, Rob. Um, I'm going okay. with Lorient on the draw no bets or tie no bet handicap. Or you can take the zero Asian handicap at plus 140. It's the same price at the time of recording. So fundamentally, I think um, I don't really know why Strasbourg are the favourites here. I mean, they are now 100% safe. Um, they're actually completely landlocked in 15th place as well. Nothing to play for whatsoever. They're only one of five teams who know they're guaranteed finishing position and they put a lot of effort into this relegation battle and that can drain teams both mentally and physically. You know, they get themselves in party mood. They had a great one-all draw against uh, PSG last week. I, I just think they, they may well produce quite a flat display. And and Lorient, they have drifted in the second half of the season. Um, But last home match of the campaign, I think they'll be fired up to finish with a win in front of their own, own fans. I've looked at the... It's interesting, these two teams, if you look at the XG and expected points, they may well swap positions next year. Um, Strasbourg have underachieved by about 11 points and Lorient have overachieved by about 11 points. So next season, you, you could probably see Strasbourg move to mid-table and Lorient involved in a relegation battle. But um, in this isolate, match in isolation, I do like the home team for a unit at uh, t- uh, plus 140 on the draw no bet. And I'm also going to take a goal scorer, Enzo Lafay, anytime scorer, plus 650 for half a unit. And I'm literally... Uh, hopefully that uh, Lefay can have the fairy tale finish, um, uh, because this is probably well, it's almost certainly his last game for Lorient. He said he loves the club a lot, and I think he's going to be wanting to go out with a bang. He, he should be on most of the set pieces in in front of goal. They might even give him a penalty. They did miss a penalty last week, so he can probably argue get me on on spot kicks if we get one. And I think. Um, yeah, he's one of them players he really feels quite passionate about his club and I think he would love to finish with a goal at home in his last match for Lorient. So it just stood out to me. He's someone, he's only scored five goals this season, but he he's going to be shooting here um, against, I think I do think Strasbourg will be poor. I've got a, a really, I've seen these sort of matches before where a team has, has kind of got the job done and um, what last match, they just don't really want to turn up a bit how Wolves were against Arsenal in the last round of the Premier League. 
Yeah, I, I don't have a pick on this game, but I'm, I'm with Steve on this. The pr- prices here make absolutely no sense, really. I, I left it alone because it's a game between two teams with nothing at stake. But like, mm. why why would why would Lorient at home to Strasbourg be a much bigger price to win a game, which is essentially a dead rubber match? At the end of the season, it's very difficult to know. And it shows, you know, you do have these prices where it's <laughs> you can look at it and look at it and still not kind of fathom why one team or the underdogs. We had one last weekend, which I was on, which was Auxerre away to Toulouse, which we won on, where Auxerre fighting for the lives at the bottom of the table, where underdogs against a Toulouse side with nothing to play for. And he looks at it from every possible angle. And in the end, it's like, well, I can't actually avoid this game because I can't see why one team are so underrated. So yeah, it's it's very odd when you get these games where there's a clear favourite and you can't really work out why They've been priced up so short. This match definitely falls into that category. Okay, that is all the games done. The Fay must have been a linguistic joke because I saw James smile. Does it mean yes. fairy or fairy it tale does. or something? It means yeah, fairy. The fairy. Um, <laughs> the fairy. Um, and and a quick one on that, James. I mean, you mentioned. I mean, Steve's the only one who's really touched upon a game that doesn't have something riding on it. You you were hesitant to to touch these ones that. I mean, final day can be a bit of a free for all, can't it? In, in yeah, it can. I mean, you get all sorts of theories at this time of season. So I remember back in the day, people would say, you know, back every game on the final day to finish three three because you'll, <laughs> one you, of you'll them get, will. One yeah. of them will. You get forty yeah. to one on each one, so you have nine losers and one winner at forty to one. Things like that. I think it was Nigel Celia Boss that gave me back gave me that one back in the day, actually, and all that sort of thing. And you know, I don't know statistically, you'd have to look at our games overall higher scoring on average on the final day. Maybe they are, but then I feel they see- are. You know, anecdotally, you know, but you need to see some. Well, stats, this is it, you? right? And actually, yeah. in the French third division last weekend, we had a crazy weekend of high-scoring matches. But then, yeah, you know, the market might adjust to that, and the prices on high-scoring games might be shorter because the market makers are expecting it. So, you've always got to do both parts of the equation. Statistically, look at what's the likelihood of an outcome. But if the prices change as well. Yeah, you've got to take that into account. So, yeah, there's all these sorts of theories at the end of the season. I like what Steve's done there with Enzo Lafay because he is a great talent and we we almost sure he's leaving. Something else that obviously happens on the final day is players who might be retiring or leaving that wouldn't ordinarily start the game might be allowed to start as a sort of a goodbye to the club. Yeah. Yeah. They might be put on penalties for sentimental reasons other than for sort of sporting <laughs> reasons. All of that stuff can feed in. And if you're clever enough and you know the league well enough, you might pick up on something that the market makers don't. So there, there are opportunities, I think, on the final day if you know if you know your division. Okay, to finish, because it's been a, a long season and we've been with you all the way through the World Cup and, uh, and beyond. Um, but Steve, you've been crunching some numbers, some interesting ones on how you guys as a pair have got on this season. I have, yeah, and I've got to uh, tip my hat to James Easton because he um, he's been brilliant this year, right from the off. Uh, of the plus nearly thirty three units we've made, James is responsible for at least plus seventeen of them. I've had a solid campaign, especially after the World Cup, roughly around plus fourteen units. I had to have a look into how certain teams treated me, and um, Clermont are the, are the side that have often come up in discussion on this show. And they cost me five and a half units this season, Rob. Oof. I've Oof. in fourteen picks, I only managed to get three winners on them. Um, and I worked out as a duo, we actually had twenty-four picks on Clermont games this year, and only twice did we 
actually back them in any form. Um, <laughs> one of my one of them was a, a team total for me, and James did take them to beat Angers away, which. I mean, at the time, that was a crazy price, really. But I, I did some maths on Clermont. And if you'd actually backed them on the money line in every single match this season, you would have made a profit of plus 22.19 units. <laughs> wow. Right? Wow. Blind backing them one unit every week on the money line, you'd have made a profit of about plus nine units if you backed them blind on the Asian handicap each week as well. So Very they're good. the team. That I've got to be honest. I, I, I've got them wrong all year. They have they have overachieved on the metrics, but not that badly. They've just played some very good football, and you know it makes you think back. Now was was I missing a trick a bit? You know, with those sort of numbers, anyone who has been backing Clermont has been making it rich. Yeah, it's interesting. Those stats at the end of the season are always great because we know who's won the league, PSG. But we see the prices are crucial. I think actually, if you'd backed PSG. Uh, sorry, if you backed PSG's opponents uh, close to evens on the Asian handicap all year, you'd have made a profit. So shows mm. how important the prices are. And of course, hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? You get these stats and you think, oh, next year I'll back Claremont every week. And then what will happen next next season? They'll be sorry, rubbish. I'll, I'll yeah. back Claremont. Yeah. They'll be rubbish. Yeah. So you never quite know. These no. stats are always interesting, but you've got to build in the changes, I think, that will happen over the summer before backing them again. Uh, no complaints from me, boys. Up nearly 33 units for the season. James, it's been an absolute pleasure. You too, Rob. Thank you very much. Great work as always, Steve. It's been great to work with you this season. Yeah, I want to say thanks to you, Rob. Um, thanks to James. It's been great working with you. Thanks to Nigel Seeley for bringing this dream trio together. And also thanks to the admin team in the background. There's a lot of work that goes in the admin uh, team. Uh, Joe, in particular, I tip my hat to you. Um, but uh, And also the whole of the Bet Rivers network over some great some brilliant talented bettors and handicappers on on this uh, because we win whatever loads of different sports and you can follow them on twitter at because uh, we win as steve mentioned great way to sign off for the season that's all we have time for on the betting weekly extra time league our show all prices available at the website all games on saturday evening uh french time we hope you've enjoyed our coverage this season of Liga. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.